0: Tunis T, Harry welcome to the Candela Tales podcast and our series on mythic places. This episode is another story of the seat of the High Kings at the Hill of Tara. Because there were so many stories to choose from, we decided not to and just to do more. This is the tale of a woman of the she, bent on mischief. Becuma. This podcast is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon. You can join them over at patreon.com forward slash candlelit tales or make a one-time donation to the paypal button on our website. Like and share, and above all, enjoy. For now, Aaron, tell us a story. Beckham
1: By the coast near Hoth, the King of Ireland was seen walking wearily towards the eastern sea. The strange headland that landed out in the quiet sea this day, the huge bay to its right by Balya Oha Clea, falling way down and round to the south. The northern coast, speckled with towns and small houses, could be seen clearly from the top, the sharp drop from the cliffs and the walk out to the tip were Concave cocks stood alone. Khan of the Hundred Battles A small group of armed guards dotted along the headland, keeping the king secure. The king of all Ireland could not be out all on his own. And another man watched, from the tall grass that was tattered and grew in scraggy ways along the headland. Art, son of Khan, watched his father standing alone out on the small piece of land that looked like a fallen finger leaning toward the water. He had seen his father go for many walks in the last number of weeks alone with his own grief, his heart clearly broken for the love and loss of his wife and Art's mother, Ethna. Although Khan had won many hundreds of battles he had not defeated the one ever-present, looming threat—death. The death of his wife had come as a surprise. So too, the death and loss of Conla, his other son, had been taken away a few years to this day by another lady of the she. At the time, Ethna had told Con that they had the love of their other son, Art, and the great fine lone one that he was ethna had told Khan he would help him out of his grief this other son but now with the death of ethna art was unable to help his own heart broken for the loss of his mother but Khan was so cold he did not know how to reach him the grief had swallowed him whole Khan took solace in the company of Art for a long time after Conla had left but now talked to him no more after the death of Ethna. Art simply watched his father go and fall deeper into sadness and despair and loneliness that he could not quite understand. Although he too missed and longed after his mother it was not the longingness that a husband has for his wife. He knew this in his core he had no experience to compare it to, for he had never been in love, he'd never shared a life with someone, he'd never shared the fantasy of a future together for a long time now stripped away from Khan. That was what Khan longed after, a life to live with one that was gone away. The closeness, his wife's toes seeking Warmth in the middle of the night between his legs, the comfort of her hair on his arm as she slept, and the soft taste of her lips and the skin so close to his. He thought of these things as he went walking towards Hoth, away from the throne near Tara. He found solace in the waves crashing against the coast. Today he had strayed further from Tara, Further from his responsibilities as king, still not too far. Till he looked up and he saw a strange coracle coming towards him. The guards moved and uttered and Art leaned forwards to see this strange woman on a boat all on her own. Moving with no sail, no oars, rowing but steadfast and surely coming towards Khan at the same time. This strange, beautiful woman. Red hair and a crimson cloak tied around her, and a green gown falling to the ground. Once she landed, she stepped off the coracle, and Art stood in amazement as he watched. Near the river of Ben the river running, flowing fast into the sea, this woman, now walking towards Khan, the sea air hitting Khan's face and his eyes shone brightly to see this woman so beautiful, with such fair skin like the first snow of winter, her eyes dark and grey, her red-gold hair shone like the sun flowing round that crimson cloak and her emerald gown. She walked towards Kahn now, letting the green gown flow and fall and hit the ground. Art watched from behind the shrub and the long grass, growing wild along the hillside of Hoth, this strange, beautiful woman stepped softly into his father's embrace, and they held each other and whispered close together. Seeing his father surprised him so much to see him holding on to another woman, he could not hear the conversation as they left abruptly and went back towards Tara. Worrying for his father, Khan, Art followed quickly after. And Art arrived ahead of his father, Khan, who'd come like a man reborn to the halls of Tara All his grief washed away in the presence of this beautiful lady Khan introduced this woman as Delv came As she had introduced herself to him She had called herself this name after she spoke Strangely in light tones when she had come off the coracle and Hoth. She had also told him that she had come from the many coloured lands Away across the sea Her dark eyes went peering around the hall of Tara, and she stared straight through Art, and his heart seemed to stop for a beat. Art was not so sure this woman would be very good for his father, never mind the queen of the land. Unbeknownst to Art, this woman, who called herself Delvkim had come from the many-coloured lands to seek out his hand in marriage. But when she landed on Khan first, She had asked the father instead. Seeing as he was in fact the king, she could do more with him instead, she thought. Although her longing, penetrating eyes still drifted over the face of Art. Khan, suspecting just as much, sent Art away to learn the ways of the land. After all, he was the son of the High King of all Ireland, and he would need to know the goings-on of the land. And report back to him, of course. He simply didn't want his new, young, beautiful bride distracted by his son when he was so distracted by her himself. Well, Art left Tara, worried after his father and this new bride that called herself delphkin After only a few nights, his worries seemed to be just because he found a terrible plight had hit the land. The cows would no longer give milk to the farmers, and even they were complaining the crops were not growing as well. As soon as he traversed all over the land, from east to south to west and north in the midlands, he heard rumours of women not being able to bear children. A terrible blight had taken hold of the land, and so all of the poets, the musicians, druids, they all came together at Tara, and they demanded to know what, was the reason for this plight. Although, all could guess the woman that called herself Telvikum had something to do with it. A change had utterly manifested in the land and she was the only change that they had seen in the last few months. Art reported back to his father Khan and yet, even as he told him of the terrible blight, Khan seemed distracted. Art could now see clearly His father was being led astray by the woman that called herself Delphicam. And so, the poets and druids, they came together to come up with some form of cure. Although I did not have much faith in this, the druids proclaimed that, after seeing into the future through their mystical ways, if a son was found of a sinless couple and brought back to Tara his blood to be mixed with the soil of Tara, This would cure the land of the blight. Well, when Khan heard this, he said he would go and find the son of a sinless couple. After all, he could see people were beginning to blame him and his young beautiful wife for the blight. Art begged him to allow him be the one to go and seek out this son of a sinless couple. After all, the Druids claimed you would not find it here in this land. it would have to be overseas the three times fifty islands of the other world, did his father not remember how terrible and how dangerous the women and men of the She could be? But Khan would hear none of it. He simply said it was his duty to go and find the sinless son of a sinless couple, a boy whose blood could be mixed with the earth of Tara to cure the land and restore the balance. Khan calmly walked back down to Hoth, and there by the river of ben he, saw the coracle that his new bride had come upon. There, tucked in in the shore, he took himself out and rowed into the wind, blowing him into the middle of the sea. He continued to row off into the sunset in search of a sinless boy, of a sinless couple. Upon leaving, Conn had left his son Art in charge to rule over the island in his stead. He did not know how long he would be gone for and sure enough it would be many weeks till he came back and in the meantime Art ruled well although the land did not return from its blight Still enough though as people came seeking refuge in Tara Art did his best to provide for them and when he did not know he sought advice and he tried to settle quarrels and manage all that was going on as wisely as he could he often trusted and relied from speaking from his heart, always leading as he thought his father would do, in his right mind at least. Yet all the while he avoided the dark gaze of the woman that claimed to be called Delphicum, her dark grey wandering eyes always landing upon him. He went out and sought refuge by playing chess with some of his cohort, and in these games he lost his worries. He put his attention on the simple aspect of playing a strategy game, a game that would soothe all his worries of his father and the land, until he came up for air once more to deal with the goings-on of the many multitude of problems in Ireland at the time. Well, the woman who claimed herself named Delvkin, she came one day and sat down next to Art as he was playing, and she sat between the chessboard and him, and he could see, plainly, She was about to ask for a game. And in front of all the people, when she did, he could not refuse the simple request. After all, it was just a game. She claimed that the winner of this game could name their prize after they had won. Art agreed to this, although he worried that she might be tricking him. But after a number of moves, he fell into a fascination and trying to beat her, and sure enough, managed to lure her into a trap and defeat her although he was still worried that she might have let him win. And so he asked for something she surely could not get. Kuroi McDara, the Hound of Munster, had a great hazel rod, a magic wand, and according to some stories down south, Kuroi, in his home car out in West Kerry, hell, no one could surely get this hazel rod from Kuroi. But this was what he named as his prize if she could get it for him. "'knowing full well anyone who attempted it would surely be killed by Kuroi. "'But she nodded her golden hair like the sun "'and her dark eyes gazed up at him coldly, "'a quiver on her lips showing her teeth. "'Of course,' was all she said. "'It wasn't long after that that Khan came back "'and with him a boy named Senga, a boy of a singless couple.' This boy had committed no sin himself, and he'd found this boy on an island in the other world. He lured him back on the promise of great standings in lands in Ireland, knowing full well his true intention was to murder the young boy and use his blood to mix it with the soil of Tara in the hope of bringing back a brilliance and bountifulness of the land and set this blight to an end. The people began to worry and talk and mutter that this was not a right thing for a king to do. A boy with no sin... The son of a sinless couple should not have to pay for any misgivings and wrongdoings the king had displayed. And the mutterings went around the hall until the door blew open and a frosty breeze came in and a great old crone with grey hair leant against the door. All eyes turned to her tattered clothing, her darkened frown, her rough skin, steady smile showing yellow teeth she leaned heavily against the door and pushed herself into walking a hobble sort of walk and then she pointed her crooked finger with warts and all towards the king you may not kill Singa today you will return the boy to me and we will go to the many coloured lands across the sea for there's no cure he can give to you as long as she she pointed now to the woman who called herself Delgum for as long as she remains here no luck will land on the island of Ireland her true name is Beckham of the Wanton Eye and greed is within her and she only takes what she wants and so She was banished from the many-coloured plains for taking what she wanted and not staying faithful to her husband. (laughs) Beckham's dark eyes widened with terror and fury rose within her. As long as she stays here, no luck will be with you, and she can't go back and she knows it, for all the she-mounds are closed to her wanton eye. With that she turned and swished her grey cloak, taking Singh and stepping through a shaft of light that entered into the room, and she entered into the other realm. They'd just seen one of the She come back and claim one of their own, and now they knew they were in the presence of another woman of the She, this woman who had claimed to be called Elfcombe, her real name, Beckjima. Those in the hall stood stock-still, a silence descended. And Then the worried mutterings rang around, all eyes staring at the woman now known to be Becima of the She. Surely King cock would cast her out, but Con turned to them and said, I do not care if her name is Morrigan itself, she is my bride and she will stay with me. Art's heart fell to see his father act so foolishly, act so greedily in this want and lust after this woman. He could not understand the longing he had for this strange pale-faced woman with the dark eyes and red satin cloak and always with the green gown, always searching with her eyes and wantonness searching all around her. He would have to do something. To rid Tara of this woman, he did not know what it was, yet. So, he left in a fury and returned to his chessboard to clear his mind, playing a game of strategy, simple rules, nice formulaic movements, time passed easily this way instead of the hubbub that ran around in his mind from day to day in the worry now. And so, in this soft surrounding, in this simple game the disgraceful display of his father seemed to fall away. Till suddenly he was met with the woman, Bekima of the She. She sat down and presented him with a great hazel rod. This is Kuroi's hazel rod, the one you asked for, and I got it. She, of course, left out the fact that she had left with her foster sister, Anya a woman wearing an invisibility cloak, and helped her steal this rod. And now Beckma, smiling fiercely, said, Are you impressed with my magic? Would you like to play another game? Art grumbled and nodded, and of course, now he could not refuse this game once the prize was given. It was also custom another game would be played. Everyone gathered around to watch the game play out once again and Art was resolute he would not lose. After all, the prize would be announced after the game once again. He was using his tactical mind and the moves he was making he was seeing come up as he saw them play out in front of him. Although a strange sound came from somewhere around the tree, he looked away at the strange noise and everyone else turned. But not Anya, who stood there in her invisibility cloak. She slipped a move and moved a piece. Art did not. And when Art returned his gaze to the board, he saw a piece out of place and claimed he had not moved this piece, and everyone saw he had not. But Beckma batted her lashes and simply said, Nor did I. Nor did I. Though she could not be accused of telling a lie, no one saw her move it. And seeing as there was no infringement and no one saw any rules being broken, the game went on. She managed to win and beat Art. And then Beckema, with the wanton eye, well, she asked for her prize, a prize she knew he would not be able to survive if he tried to get it. The task was this. Simply go to the many coloured lands and find the island where Delfcombe is trapped and rescue her from her mother and her father. She batted her eyes dark now and cold and deadly frost till Art felt the cold rise up inside him. Delvacum was the daughter of Doghead and the giant Morgan. Art said if he could release her and bring her back to Ireland she would leave his father and the throne of Ireland all alone and Becky might be rid and gone from Ireland. She smiled as she walked back to Tara nodding for knowing Art could not possibly do what she'd asked for. He could not return. He would not bring anyone else back to kick her out of her new comfortable home. She quite liked being on the throne, the queen of the land, the bride of the king. But when she told Khan that Art had gone off to the house of the giant Morgan to release his daughter Delvcombe from captivity, Khan took to his room with sadness, aching throughout his body, he knew he'd brought this about, and he knew Art could not come back without some help. And so he closed the door and cut off himself from Bekima, and would not talk to anyone. Now Art went west, and he found a boat, a coracle, to take him out to the sea, as the druids had told him he should go. He hoped he could point this ship in the right direction, He was not really sure where he should go and the sea began to swirl a great mist surrounded him and he landed on a strange island with strange colored grasses growing a woman called credda well she helped art out of the boat and helped him into the bed and she helped herself in beside him warming her body next to his by an open fire and it was lucky for art that he met her they made and shared a lovely love between them for a small amount of time at least, till the sun rose and, well, for all that Credna knew about Delkham, she advised Art not to go ahead with his plan. His mission was a foolish mission and she thought if he was going to go and try and save Delkham, well, there was a few things he should know first. And so she whispered and told him what to expect upon landing to the island. Surrounded by sea beasts, deadly forests and tall icy mountains. What to trust and what not to trust. Where to walk and where not to walk. And what to expect when he got to the house of Morgan and Doghead. Although Crenia fell a huge amount of love for Art, she wanted him to stay in her island. She left him depart because she knew Art could not stay. He was duty-bound to return and try to rid Ireland of Becima and the terrible blight that had took the land. And so, because of her being on the throne, he would have to return with Delvcombe or die trying. Then he took the instructions Credna had given him. He sailed towards where Morgan's island was and suddenly he saw a mountain there, tall and icy, the waves swirling around it. Forests thick on the shoreline And then he saw the sea swirling He took up up his weapons And then sea beasts erupted from the water Gnashing and biting with huge talon-like teeth He threw the great spears at them Hitting them in their eyes as Credna had warned him to do Blinding now they sunk below the waves And left him row the boat back down into the forest These forests were thick and dark, with huge thorns growing from the vines that choked them around their bases. All the way up into the trees, these vines grew with deadly thorns. As they spat these thorns like knives at Art as he went through hacking, being cut and blocking with his shield until he landed to a clearing. Panting now he saw twelve hags twelve with crooked noses and bent elbows and boils and warts all over them and teeth pointing in different directions they cawed with their hair up in frizzy ways and calling and cackling and pulling him towards a boiling pot of lead to throw him inside it they wanted to submerge his body inside and cook and boil him up but art was quick and he fought and tackled and hacked their heads Throwing these hags now, he cut their heads from their shoulders and threw them into the boiling pot of lead instead. And once he got out of that great thick forest with the thickets and thorns, he saw the frozen mountain Kredja had told him to climb. He made his way up from the angle she had warned him to take, and when he got to the top of the frozen mountain, he went back down the opposite side he looked out for the dark rocks that would lead him safely down to the opposite end. He was frozen from head to toe from the climb, but thinking only of the fire of desire that was burning in his heart and moving him on, he kept on going till he got down to the other side of the mountain, and there giant toads came out that Kredge had told him would be at the bottom of the mountain, then with the green skin snapping, the red tongues out wide and spitting green venom at him and he saw it coming and he went ducking and dodging and got close enough to hack them into pieces and chopping their limbs off of them and throwing them off the cliff. And then with the great spear in his hand he went around the cave where the dark evil giant serpent Auliel came out of the cave spitting fire at him as he threw the great spear through his eye and avoided being eaten up by him. Still following quite instructions, he ran around the frozen mountain, finding the great cave where twelve lions now standing guard in front of him. He cut them to pieces, docking and dodging as he did before, and entered into the cave where he would find the glass tower down deep hidden inside. But for the first time he came to two people in the dark depths of this underground world. Two women came walking towards him, both with a veil in their hand offering him a drink he was parched so thirsty now but he had cred warning ringing in his head if offered a drink take only from the right the left will be poisoned and so sure enough he drank from the woman on the right the veil went down quenching his thirst but the woman on the left shrieked and threw the poisoned veil at him and Art ducked and dodged, and it shattered and erupted into green flames behind him. So quickly he chopped her in two. And then he heard the snarls of Doghead coming towards him, a terrible beast with sagging breasts and snarling teeth and pointed ears, red eyes, and she ran on all four legs running at him as fast as she could. The Doghead was furious and trying to gnash and gnarl Art with her terrible teeth, but Art He ducked and he dodged and he dived and he managed to survive till he cut the legs from under her and with that she fell with a furious roar till he cleanly cut her head from her shoulders. Then he stuck the terrible dog head in a spike until a bellow was heard. A furious roar, much louder than the one before from the giant, the mythical monster Morgan and as he lumbered towards him every bit of him was huge and could be seen coming out from the darkness. His hands were the size of Art's whole body, and a terrible hand carrying a great club the size of an oak tree. He came smashing down towards him, crumbling rock under his feet. And Art, he used his hazel rod of Kuroi MacDara, and he changed his shape, shape shape-shifting, and contorting himself into a feathered bird that flew around the great giant that could not hit him. And for Delph came locked in her tower of glass, she watched with shocked surprise to see this hero survive. And with horror too, for she knew it could not last. Now Morgan smashed into the mountain with his club and rocks tumbling down, but with all of his swings, he realized it was futile, as smashing through stone the bird was agile and easily glided around Morgan, mocking him and making him mad. So the giant turned and his great club towards himself, and used it to shapeshift and change himself into a great hawk with spreading wings and sharp talons and a snapping beak. And the bird flew at Art, trying to swallow him whole, so Art transformed himself. To a great hound that bit at the hawk, until they both changed themselves so many times, as the changing between them as beasts and creatures of all shapes and sizes between wolves, stags, beasts, and bears, they transformed and shape shifted between many different pairs of bodies until finally Art got the better of Morgan and changed back to his own body to chop the head from the shoulders of the great giant Morgan and he too put this great head onto a spike near the head of Doghead. With a cry of delight, Delvkim shouted from her glass tower. Finally, someone could set her free. Art, sweat soaked and drenched in blood and perspiration and weariness to his core. He had never felt so exhausted before. He glanced up. In the glass tower he thought must be emanating this woman's beauty and magnifying it surely but when he climbed the stairs to her chamber and stood in her presence he knew he was looking at the most beautiful woman he had ever seen far more beautiful than the imposter beckyma of the wandering eye and he asked Elfkim, would she mind coming back to ireland with him and would she like to maybe marry him as well by any chance. Even just to rid Becky from the throne of Tara. Delphum laughed at his nervousness, a smile bright that reached her eyes and softening. She leant him towards and kissed him, and said, She would very much like that. After all, her life had been lived in a glass tower, surrounded by her giant father and her mother doghead. Um a life in Ireland sounded much better than that. And so he rode the caracal back to the western shore of Ireland. They traversed the land and meeting many people who were claiming that this was the end of the blight. Surely now that Art had come back to save them all. A huge host gathered and marched towards Tara as they came on the eastern coast. And then they landed with the house of his father, Con Cog who was still in his sickbed with worry and broken-heartedness and weariness. For he never expected to see his son, Art, alive again. But when he saw his son, a great hero's shout rose from his lungs, and the sickness and weariness fell from him. But Beckima, she cried in despair. Art was about to dispel her and shout angry insults at her, till Delphkim's soft hand landed on his she simply said now get you gone beckyma rose her dark eyes peering around her but she said not a word her golden fiery hair floated over her red satin cloak she walked away letting her grass green gown trail on the ground behind her and she went out walking from the hills of Tara and all the she mounds closed off to her. She knew she could not return to the many coloured lands beyond the veil. Vale. But for all the places she could have gone, no one knows where Becky May went after that.
0: This podcast was produced and edited by Usheen Ryan. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittails.ie.
1: And we're on all social media, so like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Candlelit Tales or send us a message or get onto our mailing list.
0: For more videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel, which now has a Candlelit Tales for Kids playlist. Hashtag Candle Little
1: Liking and subscribing to our channel really helps us grow and get to more people. And if you're able to give us more direct support, you can chip in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash or make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website.
0: We also do really like to hear back from you with your questions and requests. So please feel free to contact us directly or leave your question in the comments section below because what we really want to do is get these stories out there, share them with as many people as possible. So anything you can do to help, we really appreciate.
1: And we really appreciate you listening. God Milam